Long past the hour for quitting labour, amid the smoke-filled haze of the south gate, the after-lodge crew continues to linger in the rubbish of the temple, under the watchful eyes of right-worshipful Grand Censor Bob. Not recognised nor endorsed by any grand or subordinate lodge of regular masons, irregular masons, co-masons, Canadian masons, or internet wannabe masons, they banter on as always. Puffing cigars, drinking stale coffee, making terrible jokes, studying agency law, spreading the intemperance and excesses of digital masonry, and generally disappointing all seven of their podcast subscribers. Do yourself a favor and stop listening now. Only trolls and masochists dare to eavesdrop upon this after lodge banter. Welcome to episode 141 of the After Lodge podcast, brought to you once again from across the continent, soon to be across the world. We're expanding the scope of the intemperances and excesses of whatever it is that we do here. Um, joined as always by worshipless producer Bruce. Howdy, Harlan. How you doing this evening? I, I was doing all right, and then and then, and then Tony got on. To, uh, yes. Hang out, yeah. Don't say folks. Jason was doing like spot. Like he's the best yeah, guest we've ever had so far. Really, I didn't want to call anyone out by name, but and then Tony thing. just shows up and starts flipping tables and smacking people and doing his thing. Yeah. So uh, our special guest host this week is the one and only uh, Jason Mitchell. Which normally I would not identify somebody by his surname on the show, but that also happens to be his Reddit handle. So, uh, Brother Mitchell, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks. I'm happy to be here. Yeah, so uh, you got a lot of cojones going all out on Reddit with, with your, your whole, whole, whole name. Do you not have a Grand Lodge there that will, will punish you? <laughs> Disown you for this? We should yeah, have disguised so- him slightly, called him like Mason Jitchell or something. Uh, we'll, we'll let the past bastard do something for that. They'll come up with a creative name for me. There you go. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, the rest of us use other creative names, like, you know, After Lodge Harlan. And, <laughs> yeah. You tried fake names once. I tried. Remember that? We made it about 30 seconds in the first episode. Oh. So we also have the lower white quadrant of the chaplain's face with us this evening. <laughs> Back from... Where was I at? Uh, <laughs> We're we're happy to see you made it through the riots, Tony. Any uh, any any yeah, fallout yeah. from that? 
How was nobody can phone? nobody can hear you. Nobody can hear me. You you have to be close to to the phone or the iPad or the microwave or whatever it is you're using. I'm going to I'm going to get my mic microphone, but uh, I was there with about fifty other farm boys from all across the state, and I tell you what, what nobody we had more ammo there than the National Guard they caught in the next day. I'll guarantee it. So you survived the Charlotte riots. Absolutely. As we were pulling out, when we left, that's when they brought the National Guard in. They, they thought they needed more protection. Got it. Got it. Man, I, seriously, I was at the Buffalo Wild Wings. If you listen to the last week's show, actually, I was in the convention center at that point. But uh, they asked that we not be straggling and we stay with our group. And so later on that night, I took everybody over to the Buffalo Wild Wings right next door to the NASCAR Hall of Fame museum and all that and about 10 minutes after we left they showed the tv broadcast of everything uh busted tables and glass and all that so we missed it by about 10 minutes you sound disappointed hmm. it would i not really in my younger days i would have been but i can't run now it used to be i could push somebody down and run run faster and just leave them behind but now I'd, I'd be the guy getting pushed down. So no, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm glad that we missed it. But none okay. of us were carrying a book. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, you I don't get know. it. Uh, you don't get it. I, I do not read the story of the Charlotte shooting. Yeah, it, it's uh, okay. No, I got it. Too soon. Got it. Too soon. I, I didn't. I didn't think that's what he was going for. But it's, yeah, got it. Yeah. Thanks, Tony. So, uh, Bruce. Yes, sir. Did you do anything exciting this week? Uh, absolutely not. I, I, I live my same boring tuna fantastic life, week in and week out. Sorry to disappoint. That's fun. You know, when you become a parent, that tuna life seems really appealing. <laughs> it, does. it does. You know, it 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 has its perks. I uh, I will say that there are definitely upsides. So, uh, as I mentioned on the last show, I uh, went to celebrate the the autumn equinox. The brethren of the imitation to lodge uh, had a really good time with that. Uh, needed to rely on Uber to get home afterward, so maybe too much of a good time. Not yourself, though. Uh, uh, fifth, fifth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, and <laughs> uh, yeah, no, that that was that went well, swimmingly, whatever you want to call it. And then anything uh, exciting happened there? Not that I can speak of, but it was a very good time. Uh, I encourage mm -hmm. every lodge that wants to do a festive board, especially around the changing of the seasons, get all the brothers together that don't see each other that often. Uh, I dodged a bullet in, in being nominated to sit in the East. Uh, I'm not about that life, so got out of there. Uh, another schmuck volunteered before I did. Uh, what else happened? Oh, uh, I was at the, uh, the hacker convention in town. Still, that continued after we recorded. Um... Yeah, that was about it. So, that's that's me. So, Jason, as is the custom, uh, newly formed two episodes ago, 
we ask all of our guests to tell us what they've done since they were last on the After Lodge podcast. So, what have you done since you were last on the show? Start from the beginning. Well, someone are... <clears throat> yeah, you know, someone did that a couple episodes ago and kind of, you know, ruins a joke. Um, so, I guess to start at the beginning, though, um, first there were dinosaurs. Um, I, think, and... I think it goes back farther than that. I mean, I'm Tony, not a, you I'm not a historian. No, it's dinosaurs all the way down. <laughs> Tony, <laughs> yeah. you got a blasphemer. You got how, how do you feel about dinosaurs, Tony? First, there were dinosaurs. Huh? <laughs> Never mind. Hey, I'm talking into the microphone now. I can't. I can't do this. <laughs> what have we got? We got. Did you say we had a beamer? A blasphemer. That's even worse than a beamer. <laughs> oh. oh, I thought you said we had a beamer. I thought he was like a. A nineties uh, kid in an eighties Mercedes or something. Yeah. Oh no. Y'all have y'all get no references. Y'all get get outside the house once in a while. Y'all get no references. Quit being old. Anyway, Jason, continue. I was I was counting on the chaplain to to belay you, but <laughs> I'm having technical difficulties. I'll be with you shortly. They're not uh, just technical. Easy. Let's carry on. Uh so no, I mean uh Things have been kind of quiet, except for today. You know, I was telling you before the show, uh, my neighbor's ex-husband needed some schooling in the gentlemanly virtues in regards to how you treat women. Specifically, you don't beat them. Mm. What? Yeah. Good times. I guess I never got the memo. Uh... Yeah, no, no, he's, he's, he's Salt Lake City. They do stuff different from us here. Huh? Yeah. yeah, you know, we're still like, you know, leave it to Beaver here. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, we've graduated fully into pop culture where that's like all the rage, you know. Come on, rude boy boy. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, hear, I hear the kids are yeah. really digging that these days. Yeah, yeah. So, um, aside from this disturbing graphic of the chaplain, I, I, I'm yeah. seriously in the process of posting that on the subreddit right now. That is actually the most stable his camera's been since this started. That's because he left. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> oh, this is awful. Okay. All right. Uh, so, I, I don't know. Jason, just, uh, I guess, tell us a bit about yourself and your uh, Masonic history, if you will. Um... And you dinosaurs, know, if you want to. If you want to tell us dinosaurs about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs are awesome. I, you know, dinosaurs. Uh, they're, they're awesome. They're great. Uh, I saw a video the other day of people in inflatable T-Rex um, outfits having battles with each other, and I'm trying to figure out why this is not yet an Olympic sport. Like dinosaur-type battles, or were they just in dinosaur costumes, like fighting with swords and stuff? No, they are fighting with pillows. Hmm. It was in a hotel room. Either that, or it was, I was on the wrong website, and this was, you know, kind of the, yeah, the intro I was, scene. I, I'm going to say that's a new, uh, it's a new genre for me. Yeah, I mean, hmm, I'll have to check that yeah. out. <clears throat> um, Masonic career, uh, you know, coming from the small, small, small jurisdiction of Utah, my career probably seems really impressive the most. But, you know, small fishes, small ponds. I'm just, you know, I'm just another master mason trying to figure it all out. 
Well, you are one step ahead of the reverend here. Well, that's because I'm not using an Apple product. <laughs> uh, I already spoiled that joke before the show. I'm still trying to figure out what it is he's... So, we've learned in the, uh, in the past two shows, and I probably, sh probably should have coached you about this before we started, but uh, we just try not to pay attention, and then he tries as hard as he can to make us pay attention. Like right now, when he donned a mask. I guess he's taking a this. 99 cent. Well, you know, Halloween. Spirit Halloween's in, in business again, so. That's true. True. Uh, he does throw one hell of a Halloween party. Tony, Tony what are you going as uh, oh, for Halloween this year? Tony? Can, can, yeah. can you hear us, Tony? I'm having trouble. Cut some ear holes in the mask. I'm having now I'm not on. Now I'm using up all my data Wi-Fi. <laughs> so I got. I, I'm off the Wi-Fi thing. I'll be. Y'all go on. I'll tell you about my week and everything later. I gotta. I, let me get this worked out. <laughs> he, needs to, so, he needs to get into character. Yeah. So wow. next week. Uh, uh, I, I, I need you to come to the lodge, Tony, and we'll, we'll sit across the table and do it the old-fashioned way. I'm yeah, cutting suddenly, off your hangout credentials. I suddenly feel very sorry for you guys. <laughs> so, oh, this, so, Jason, this, you... This is only what he lets other people see. Yeah, so you, like uh, most of our listeners, probably have this impression by now that... that all of the hard time that we give to our chaplain is, is just show shtick. But now you've seen the truth. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's, it's a show. I, you guys should be streaming this part of it. It is, it is something. So we've been considering that for, uh, for quite some time, uh, doing, doing this as a video thing as well as a podcast. Like, right. cause this is all recording on YouTube. Um, but we kind of don't want to do it because the roundtable does it, and I know that's a bad reason for not doing things. No, but I, you know, I get it though. It's kind of their thing, and so. But I mean, short of what you know, you know, I was having to visit some people, you know, Nick and John and Jason, and you know, make right. some room, as they say back in New York and New Jersey. I, you know, it's kind of a tough thing. It's their shtick. It is, and but but some of this video is just it's just absolutely priceless. Like some of the stuff from the last two shows. So here, what you do is you set up a Patreon, and this is the secret content they get. Ah, oh, can y'all see me right now? Uh, no, no, because I'm trying to get my Wi-Fi on my phone so I don't have the Google app up, and so I didn't know if you could still see me when the Go what picture shows right now. Your it's name, just your default. It's a happy picture of you and your wife that you use on political campaigns to fool unwary trespassers. Right. Dude, political campaigns. Did, oh, man, that was awesome. We're not talking about the debates. It wasn't a real debate. Not all of the candidates <laughs> were present. I don't know how to make this. My Wi-Fi is not coming up anymore. My wife's going to be so mad. Not only are you, so not only do you 
not have video, you've broken your Wi-Fi. You're, I'm my... you're progressing backwards, Tony. This is not. You're becoming a dinosaur. <laughs> and it's all Jason's fault. You're I'm evolving. My... I'm in my house and I'm getting my hotspot out so I can have. There we go. There we go. Nano Wi-Fi. There it is. Well, now we all know his Wi-Fi said. Hmm. Where my at? My butt. I'll go on. This is boring. If you... No, no, no. We'll, we'll wait. It's only like the entire world of masonry. It's not, not important. Yeah. You know, are you two at the lodge and didn't tell me? Then see what's going on. I'm at the lodge. I've been at the lodge every show we've done. Why don't you tell the listening crowd what you all did to me with uh, Brother Squared's wedding party thing? They tell me it's going to be on Thursday night, and then I find out superstitiously that it's actually going to be on Saturday, and so they're going to leave me over by myself Thursday night, leave me at the old man's table again while they're out partying. Hold on. You found out how? What was that word? Surreptitiously. Is that – did Bob teach you that word? S-U-P-E-R-T-I-S-F-I-C-R-O-U-S-L-Y. <laughs> okay. Uh <laughs> I'm plugging that into Google. I got to see what that spells. <laughs> <laughs> oh, how is this going? All right. So, I think uh, that no, I don't think that we should sell any cheese that's great, that's uh, already shredded. I think we should only sell block cheese. I can get behind that uh, that political campaign. I'm all that's, about block cheese. We'll do block cheese. That way, we can make America great again. Uh, get it, see, get you it, get it. the cheese. Oh, I wasn't fast enough. I've got, I've got like an uh, effects board over here, and I, I wasn't fast enough to hit it. Oh well. Should have used a good trombone there. So, uh, how come my my AOL account's not coming up? How is it possible for you to have so many issues with something that should be so easy? I, th- I think when you ask the question why you're having problems with your AOL account, that really kind of right, explains right. everything. Answered your own question. <clears throat> well, you can email me at theangrychaplain at juno.com. <laughs> I still have my Juno address. I was going to say, I still have my Juno really? address. Yeah. Tony, so. I've had that thing 20 years now. Yeah, I'm not giving it up after this run. Well, Google... Oh my gosh, Jason! What is uh, since you came to join us on the show this evening, uh, all the way from what's a, sounding like a better side of the country right now? Uh, what what is your? Do you have like a pet issue that you wanted to use our bully pulpit to to put out to the world of seven listeners? Oh wow! Do you mean one I haven't already beaten to death on the sub? Well, but not everybody that listens to the show reads the subreddit. Like, only five of them read the subreddit. The other two uh, don't know how to use Reddit. Of course, oh. Tony's one of those, so... <laughs> well, There's... he did mention how much he wishes dues were $1,200. That's 1200 that's yeah. That's a thing. Makes it's $100 a month, Harlan. I don't know if you know, but it's a, it's a good idea. It's something we could all get behind. <laughs> well, it's something that I've been behind for certain lodges. Not this one, but... Uh, if I was starting a new lodge, that would that would have to be the world that we lived in. You know, and that, I don't think people really get it. I mean, I 
I became such so entrenched in my position that we dues are not just low, but almost, you know, negligently low. When I, after I started new Masonic bodies in my state, uh, and I saw just what exactly it took to get things off the ground, even doing it, I mean, cheaply, not inexpensively, but cheaply, uh, the buying costs are just, you know, crazy. So, I mean, I, I know here, you know, for an example, they started uh, operatives in Utah. Yeah, it was, it's either operatives or Acon. Um, I didn't join, but I remember sitting down and talking to them. And just to overcome past experiences, to be a charter member, to get your name on that charter, you better pony up a grand. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, we went through that here with a recently chartered lodge, and it caused a lot of gnashing of teeth. Um, to be a charter member, you had to pony up a grand. But I mean, um, I, I worked on a budget when we had this argument a long time ago. It's still somewhere on the subreddit because people kept calling me out on it. So I put out this somewhat detailed table of expenses and said, here's where this money goes. And, and then I have trouble focusing when Tony's face keeps popping up. I just have to look away. I'm just not going to look at the screen. Yeah, don't, you just, don't get suckered into it. It's a trap. I am doing – I'm not – look. Okay. So, I mean, that's the, I, mean I, I get the argument that people say, oh, you're, you're trying to be elitist or you're just trying to make it so only the rich guys can, buy, can you know, be a member of these bodies or whatnot. And I don't think – most lodges really understand how much a grandpa's money they're living off of. Um, you know, when everything's already done and paid for, and you've already got materials, and it's just the upkeep, it's a whole different world than when you have to sit down and outfit a body, get everything put together and set up. It's, it is almost prohibitively expensive. Sorry, Tony, I had to mute you because you were making too much noise. Yeah. Thumbs up if you need to say something. I don't think he's saying anything. I think he's just mouthing words. Anyway, he's not entirely wrong. The thing is, the building, of course. What's... Nah, just ignore him. All right. Yeah. So, the... I think you guys were going on with how expensive a building is. Yeah, you know, the thing is, he's not entirely wrong when he says they built the building. I mean, th there was a time when you could buy a house in the Sears catalog, and it came on a train, pre-cut with all the nails and glass and everything. Um, but after World War II, I want to say it was the Grand Lodge of Pennsylvania that came up with a plan, and it was like, you know, $200,000, and here's your lodge. I mean, they're, they're, everything is made as cheap as possible. I mean, if they could cut a corner, they cut it. Um, but, yeah, there are literally masons that built their own lodges um, out of these, you know, out of these plans that they came up with. You just went out to the local hardware store and, you know, ordered everything, and now you have your balsa wood lodge. Oh, well, our lodge that I'm sitting in now, the reason that we have air vents falling out and killing people during meetings and so forth is uh, it was actually a step below that. So I don't think there were plans. It was whatever could be begged, stolen. Yeah, mostly stolen from uh, the local yeah. factory that most of these guys worked at. 
and they just kind of pieced it together in their off time. Literally one stolen artifact at a time. And uh, some of the stuff was donated uh, by guys yeah, who worked. Yeah, there's a plaque for the donated stuff. If there's no plaque, then you know that was uh, liberated from somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but now after, you know, 40 years of that, uh, you know, this building has shaped up somewhat nicely considering its origins. And even still, uh, I have the old treasurer's records. So uh, our lodge, they started construction in, in the 80s and I guess called it finished in the early 90s. And the grand total expense that the lodge laid out on it was still about 30 grand. And you have to factor in that the land was donated we didn't really pay for most any of the lumber or the concrete or or most of the materials. Really much of anything. And it was still thirty grand in nineteen eighties dollars. Wow. And I think this is probably as cheaply as you can possibly build a lodge. So it is it's crazy expensive to do that. And it's even more so if you're gonna rent someplace and then pay for it in perpetuity. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Well, no, I'm I'm firmly in the camp that our dues are not, you know, they're low, but I'm also, you know, one of those people that say, well, if the lodge has got 100 people and our budget is $100 and each person pays a buck, um, I think we all know that's a lie. Most of us have been through enough Masonic chairs to realize that your dues compliance isn't 100%, and that's not saving anything for any day. Right, 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 right. Nope. And, uh, like you know, we don't have the money to, so the lodge doesn't really have the money to pay for meals or uh, to reimburse. I don't know the secretary for expenses or to uh, really to furnish much of anything. So when we need like new regalia or something breaks or whatever, like our social club is busting ass to to make ends meet, which they do a good job of. Um, Actually, that's why the lodge is still here, because we'll never get dues raised to the level that they need to be just to do what you said, which is divide the expenses by the member numbers. Like, even if we did yeah. that, our dues would almost be twice as much. So, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know, that's, that's a huge pet peeve of mine when I go to lodges and I see them. Oh, our dues are 75 bucks a year, and it's... Right. You know, it's... To it's me, a nicer it, building and a nicer setup than you'll ever have. Yeah, I mean, but to me, it it, it almost call it you know it's it's malfe it borders on malfeasance. You're being willfully negligent in as trustees of that operation. Okay, so let me ask your opinion on you know, one of the issues with the higher dues. As far as uh, do you think somebody is going to be more likely to stay a member or come every meeting or something if they're paying these way higher dues? Because um, you know we, we we talked about how the super low dues can lead to you know zombie lodges or whatever. Um, some of us are of the opinion that it, somebody if 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 they feel Freemasonry is you know what the, worth their time to pay the higher dues, then they're going to come every meeting. They're going to be more involved. Uh, guys who wouldn't normally go through the chairs would stuff like that. So, you know, it's interesting. Had you asked me three months ago, I would have said, 
Unequivocally, yes, absolutely. The higher the dues to a certain point, um, you're going to get increased participation and buy-in for that. Um, and I do think that there's a certain amount of truth to that, but there's a, there's a member of my lodge, and he's a vice president for, for Amex. And he and I went out one night, and he really kind of just schooled me on how especially Americans and our purchasing habits and there is a correlation to price and perceived value, but there, that does not always necessarily translate to perceive, to actual engagement. Okay. Um, but that said, um, and I'm still undecided, but the data would show that if you have higher dues, chances are you're going to have greater resources to do more things that would engage more or different subsets of your lodge population. So not to do specifically, but whatever you do with that money is, is going to get people interested as well. Correct. That, that is the bigger factor is simply having that money as a resource to do more. Plus some of the side things that you would have to do as a lodge uh, to make up the difference to make up the money, uh, like fish fries or you know pancake breakfast, whatever. Um, basically, things that cause let's just say strife among the brotherhood. Uh, they that there wouldn't be a need for that. You know, maybe they would still do it, but um, it, when there's when there's such a pressing need for that money, it, it creates a lot of stress and, and well, a, a, yeah. a lot of side issues. It it changes the dynamic entirely because now the fish fry is done either for some external need um, or community engagement or it's something that you know that you know there's five or six you know they're gonna do it you know no matter what this is their thing and you know without that monetary sword hanging over your head you don't it's a whole. You know, I'm really starting to change my position on, on money. We certainly have to use more of it, and we're certainly not using it as we ought to be as a whole in masonry in the U.S., but um, I don't know that you can just simply say that higher dues has a direct and a correlation or even a, a, a short correlation to retention or engagement. And, and that's the biggest thing is, I mean, if you look at uh, masonry as a sales process, just for insight, we're great at that initial sale. We can recruit people like, you know, it's nobody's business. That's not the problem. NPD is our issue, is our biggest issue facing the fraternity in the U.S. Okay. We, we, get, we, we, get, we get them on that first sale, but we don't know how to make long-term customers. So let me ask you this then before we move away from this topic, which I did not intend to actually have a serious conversation about dues again, but <clears throat> what is your ideal uh, yearly dues? What do, what, what, what do you feel is that magic number? Uh, not not $75, a, not $1,200. For a blue lodge, and I would put that caveat on it. Um, sure. Because I, I think your blue lodge should be the most expensive Masonic outlay you have, unless you're like an, uh, an officer that has travel costs as well, but... I'm thinking that your dues ought to be somewhere in the area of at least $30 per month billed on a monthly basis. Hmm. Okay. 
So that's really a lodge somewhere between 75 to 100 people. You know, once you get above 100, your, your costs and needs scale differently. You know, just in postage alone, things change rather dramatically. Well, yeah, and I mean, you know, it's also going to be a big difference uh, between jurisdictions. But, you know, it's, oh, yeah. it's hard to make a blanket number like that. I mean, yeah, you know, the, you know between my lodge, MTA per capita, my, my lodge is MTA per capita, my grand lodge per capita, that's 60 bucks a year per head out the door. Hmm. Okay, well, Harlem, what, what, what are you doing over there, buddy? I was trying to mess with some technical things. I don't know if it's on my end or if uh, if people are cutting out everywhere. All right, you want to, to turn uh, Tony back on? He looks like he's... Tony's been turned on the whole yeah, time. Oh, he's just yeah. not saying anything. Tony... Yeah, there's, a, there's other noises coming from his mic. <sighs> So, do you have any other uh, any other pet peeve issues for this this once in a lifetime Masonic <laughs> career breaking experience? Uh, oh, I've broken my career already. I did that long before this. Um, you know, at, at least in terms of what you know, the two people who aren't on the sub. I mean, I am an absolute. I guess you, what was the word Nick used? Tyrant. Uh, when it comes to people who will make an, make a statement, um, an absolute contra, you know controversy to all the facts. So they'll they'll make a statement. Oh, masonry is about this. And even when you present two hundred years of history to them, they just stick with their their little whatever it is they want to believe. Um, it drives me insane. It shouldn't, but it just it. Oh, it gets under my skin. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm I'm a big proponent of the belief that you know, for each for, for for the individual Mason, Freemasonry is is whatever you take from it. And oh, I, you know, I'm not talking about that. I mean, everyone's free to to believe what they want. It's when someone comes and says, "Well, okay, based well, on yeah, this, and an this, and this, I'm, you know, I, I'm going to believe that." Um, let's see here. Oh, um, Freemasonry. Is alchemy. Okay. Okay. Well, let's break this down. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's. I mean, there's no doubt. There's no disputing it. Um, there were, you know, whether it's English or Ecossais or German, there was absolutely alchemical influences in the craft. But if you think that you just because you bought a book from a guy off Amazon. And he said that Freemasonry will teach you how to make the you know the Philosopher's Stone, and you've got a Master Mason degree that you can go ahead and you know start doing mineral work. Uh, no, it doesn't work that way. That that's not what this is. Well, I saw on Reddit earlier that uh, Freemasonry is actually chaos magic. So, yeah, I I, like I, I did get story. a good hearty chuckle out of that one. Uh, that being a subject that I I in my personal life uh, go after at length. Uh, I found it especially amusing just because the two run so counter to each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that because I got to make a nice Kenneth Grant reference and a Discordian reference, but... Oh, yeah, um, I did see that was you. Okay, yeah. I was I was getting ready to call out the guy that did that, and he's here <laughs> on the show. Um... <laughs> yeah, I don't, know where the, I don't know where the OP was coming from with that because, yeah, as you say, the, um... 
the whole idea behind chaos magic and discord is there is no system there is no ordered structure and yet freemasonry there is absolutely an ordered structure to it yeah i mean that's I mean, what it's all about we we have working tools to create order out of disorder exactly um it's so I don't know what he thinks he saw or what he's been reading. Um, I hope he just found a couple really bad books, and maybe he took some advice from the guys in the thread and will adjust his ideas. But if not, he's he's in a world of a lot of disappointment. But damn it, when he figures out how to make gold from lead, <laughs> you will be sorely disappointed. I saw that. That was a James Bond movie plot, wasn't it? Just... <laughs> no, that was uh, Steel Fort Knox, I believe. Is the uh... oh, all right. Either way, though, it was to flood the world's supply of gold and drop its value. Yeah, I wonder if uh, if he knows that that science has already figured out how to do that. You know, you can actually see a video of it on YouTube. There's a guy with a nuclear reactor, and he'll actually like you know. He'll, he'll give you, like, you know, gold 14. It'll last for all about 20 minutes and probably kill you, but he made gold. Oh. Could you sell no, it real quick? Yeah. Nice. There's a, uh, there's a process to do that, to, to take lead and make it into gold, but the cost for the process is so much more than the resulting metal ends up being worth, like, orders of magnitude more expensive. Yeah. So... It, you know, they said it couldn't be done. Now we're doing it. It just turns out it's not worth doing. I don't know if yeah. that guy was a mason or not, though. I need to go find that out. Then we'll have yeah, our. We just need to turn. We just need to turn that process over to Harvard uh, Business School. They'll come up with a way to make it profitable. Yeah, by selling it to schmucks. Mm. I like where you're going with this. Can we set up a website? <laughs> uh, I, I think we could do that, Bruce. Uh, I'm on it. We will sell the uh, Masonic alchemical degrees, and for the low, low price of nine ninety nine, ninety nine, uh, you too can learn the secrets of how to transmute lead into gold. Uh, equipment's not provided; you'll have to do that yourself. Yep, you got by your own. You got by your own nuclear reactor. <laughs> I posted that picture uh, on the on the subreddit, by the way. Although I guess anybody who's listened to this will probably have already seen it. Disregard. <laughs> so do people do people know the new recording schedule? I was just wondering that. So uh, we didn't actually publish a schedule for them to know uh, because we were trying to figure out how things w were going to work. I think Plus, after... it may have to change from week to week. Oh, yeah. yeah. But this is our third week in a row of being consistent. So uh, I think people will just get used to it. Come to think of it, we never actually published a schedule before either. It's just we did it the same time every week, and people just got used to it. All right, so uh, are we going to talk about some actual uh, Freemasonry stuff, or do you all want to stick with the alchemy and uh, dues? Cause, hmm. I see what you did there. <laughs> Those things are Freemasonry. <laughs> <laughs> In a moment, I'm going to get our minute book out. <laughs> it's due season. We have to mail notices. Tony, you're not muted anymore. We no, can... we can hear you. 
We can hear like your lips smacking. <laughs> He's like, oh, they got me. Oh, oh. Uh, why did we bring this guy? Uh, I thought he was out of town. The comic relief. And then I see him sitting in his garage. In the time that, that you've been messing around with that iPad, you could have just driven over here and... Yeah. He did promise to tell us more of that story from last week, so you, you want to do that now, Tony, before we move on to... No? Why are you holding your thumb in front of the camera? Tony. Oh. Wait. My picture. So you got me muted. I don't have you. <laughs> I have had a, I've had a... I've had a... <laughs> He's been talking this whole time. I have chipped in a lot of really good comments. All right, let's go back. Let's rewind 20 minutes and do it all over again. Tony, dues, what are your opinion on... This is a live broadcast. We can't rewind. Uh, I thought we were on dinosaurs. Oh, I was yes, getting, that, from the I beginning. Getting, right, thank you, Jason. I was getting ready to open Word on my computer, on my laptop, so I could type in, so I could get a picture across. Jeez, you know the chat on the right-hand side yeah. of this thing you're looking at right now. What is it? Group chat, click in the box in the bottom right. You can type in there, and we'll all see it. I should not have told him that. Maybe you'll see the link I sent on how to uh -oh. fix your iPhone. Yeah, no, I saw that. That's funny. I don't have a group chat. Okay, that's, that's for the best. So I have to confess, okay. after digging into to deeper settings, uh, I was just looking at the icon that shows that he's not muted, but the volume slider somehow ended up most of the way to the left. For Jeez. his microphone, so... Oops. Yeah. Undo, some of us are on fixed incomes. You guys are young. You're young professionals. You're out there. You're not on fixed money. income. Back, Don't say us. Back in the day, back in the day, our dues were a lot of money to us, and our money, our income has not kept up with inflation. So when you start raising dues $300 a year, we can't afford it. You know, you're going to lose your 55s and ups. Uh, so there's so make a make a rule for 53 years old and up. So I, and that's a fair point, but I think the part, and this is why I see the fixed income thing as being almost, you know, a straw man I'm argument. Yeah, it, it's um, I'm a salaried employee. I'm on a fixed income. My, you know, it's not like every year I get a three percent bonus to 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 adjust. Um, Plus, so go ahead. Um, but at the same time, in the, you know, there, there's a, a piece here that I think no one really wants to address, and it's a generational piece. And I'll give a, 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 a for instance from my lodge. Um, when I was master, I went to a past master in my lodge who I greatly admired. Um, I think by the time I joined, over the last 50 years, this guy had coached every new Mason in, that came through that lodge. And I flat out told them, um, at least for this year, your money's no good here. We don't want it. Um, you, your wife, your grandkids, go do something. Um, but we're not going to take your money. And he grabs me by the hand, and he gets in close, and he looks me square in the eye and says, damn it, worshipful, a man pays his way. Um, and that, I mean, that's really opened my eyes to just how profoundly um, 
in, you know, ne necessary it is to their male identity to, to keep up with their peers and pay their own way. And when you jeopardize that either through subsidizing them or diminishing their dues, it makes them feel like less of a man. Um, I don't know how, I don't know that I've ever found an answer to that question, but it's a, it's a component that I don't know that gets properly expressed. There's a huge generational gap there that needs to be considered. And the man pays his own way. He carries his own weight and all that. So what happens when the dudes get to a certain point, and to be honest, I don't know where that point is, but when they get to a certain point, if a man feels like he can't pay that way, he doesn't want the lodge paying his dues. He doesn't want to be carried. And at that point, you can see some good 30, 40-year members drop out because they don't want to be subsidized. It's a fine, there, there, there's a fine line there, for real. No, there is. Um, you know, and my, my number's about $10 a month, 120 a year. You know, and, and the thing is, I, I, as you said, I don't know that there's a silver bullet for this. Um, I don't know that there's one rule. I don't even know that there's a Pareto where you can even try to get an 80-20 split. Um, but, yeah, it's, I mean, I, that, I think, lies at the root of the problem more than the way anyone wants to really understand or address. Um, that, for me, I'm in the, my position is, You've been a member of this lodge for 30, 40, 50 years. You've paid your dues. Um, I will happily keep, I will happily pay dues for you just to continue to have the benefit of your companionship and your knowledge and your experience and your friendship. But in his chair, he thinks I'm, I'm insulting him. And well, in his chair, yeah, he thinks you're treating him like a whore. Yeah. Um, in, in, I want to pay for your time and companionship. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, I yeah, it that generational piece I think underlies more than half of the argument when it comes to lodges and dues. Is trying to find out what is the the best or least of the worst solution for their community when trying to address the fiscal reality of what it takes to operate a lodge in the twenty first century. Mm -hmm. hmm. Okay. So I, I hear you, Tony. I uh, absolutely hear you. I mean, it, it's, it, it's my problem. My problem is, yeah, I can afford the dues, but I'm not at that age yet where people come up to me and say, "Oh, I want your wisdom," because I don't have. I'm not there yet. But I'm not, also not one of the young group. And so, what do you do for the guys that aren't the old guys or not the young guys? We're the guys that are like, we can't wait to get old enough so that you think that we know something. Uh, you do what you do until you get there. Yeah. You, you do what you do with all middle children. You just ignore them. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, as Bruce and I are quickly entering into that range of, of Masonic age. Uh, oh, don't even get me. You know, when you sent me the text message, and I, you know, I actually went and looked, and I found your LinkedIn, and I saw how old you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you don't even. You're a freaking stalker. <laughs> I added you to my contacts list, so I've got my LinkedIn is hooked up to my Gmail, so it immediately found you. That's yeah, so I had to go look and see if it was actually you. I don't really try to hide the LinkedIn thing, considering. If you hide it, it kind of defeats the point of having it. So, 
For the yeah. record, anybody who wants to stalk Harlan, uh, he is especially paranoid about you know people he doesn't know watching him and and looking at him and finding things out about him. So you know, have at it. Yeah, the one I actually ended up stalking <laughs> backwards was Jason. Uh, um, what do you mean backwards? Because so there is a post out on a now defunct Masonic blog. Um, that talked about Masonic tattoos. Yes, and yes, I, that's still out there. Yep. It is. Um, and I saw that, and it's like, okay, there's the name. The first name's right. The location is okay. So once my curiosity was piqued, I had to go look. I, you know, so, yeah, I ended up backwards stalking Jason. Hmm. Great. But you never found Bruce because he doesn't friend any of us on social media. I have no presence online. Or in the tangible world, either. The report on the tuna fish industry. Yes. Well, no, I'm 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 big there. Yeah. Cats don't love people, me. Yeah, I don't think people understand just you know the amount of weight you have on Wall Street when it comes to the tuna market. I mean, I've, well, I've, no, we I've, I've pretty much got it cornered. I've got yeah. I've got big tuna in my in my pocket. I'm I'm not gonna lie. No, Bruce and I fund the After Lodge podcast with uh, tuna penny stock and its fluctuations <laughs> as we publish the show. Nice. <laughs> nice, you know. You can short that. You can go long with it. That's pretty cool. You got that dialed right in. Oh, yeah. We are the market. I see that. If it's a bad week, we push sporks. That always helps. Is that still a thing? I went to Taco Bell for you the other week for like the first time in years, and I was very disappointed there was no sport. I've never seen those at Taco Bell. I've seen them at KFC. I know KFC was big on sporks. Oh, it was Taco Bell. At least I don't know. I'm officially, you know, I, I'm officially almost old now, so my memory's going. It, it, that's not your age. That's the children. <laughs> I can speak to that because I'm not old, and... I feel myself slipping as the months go by. I thought that was just you being in the legal profession. It, it could be that too. You know, they, they both happened at the same time, right? My daughter was born. Uh, months later, I passed the bar. So I don't really know which I mean, one to blame it on. I mean, yeah, at least judging by the show, you do like all that corporate auditing stuff and all that mind-numbing vanity there. Yeah. Yeah. Christmas lights in your garage. Now it looks like he's wearing a kilt. Oh, no, we're looking up his shirt. Uh, Tony, do you own any sundresses that fit you? Do they make those? It's kind of moo-moo. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I mean, because we invited him to that toga party we did a couple meetings ago, and he had to go find, like, bed linens. <laughs> So let me turn it back on you, Bruce. What's uh, what's your biggest pet peeve right now going on in the craft? Oh man, uh, the chaplain. Not 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 the Come chair on. in general. Hours specifically. <laughs> Come on. Uh, no, I don't My know. Go ahead, Tony. If, if you're I'm not even on. Something. My little picture's not coming up. We How can do see you. On? Poor cable. 
We can hear you and we can see you. We can hear you. Now my you're biggest, my biggest got a bug as a general rule. That wasn't me. That was Harlan's <laughs> stuff. Uh, my biggest peeve, as far as masonry in general, is we're all too damn nice to each other. Mm. We're all, you know, it's like going to church. Uh, there's times that we need to, you know, be men. Buck up. Buck up. Buck up, sugar cup. Okay, so uh, like, are, are, just, are you talking know. in uh, like our personal lives or in, in some specific role of the lodge? No, or what, just, how, how do you mean? There, there should be, a, a mason should be a man. Uh, and you should know that he's a mason by the way he acts, his character. Uh, he don't take no crap from nobody, but yet he'll bend down to help anybody, that type of thing. And I think we're all too nice. It's all like we're all Sunday morning Christians a lot of times when – we go to church, we see people, hey, how are you? And the other biggest pet peeve is we do stuff at Lodge. We have our Lodge brothers, and we all say that we're all brothers. And I'm not talking about us specifically, okay? Okay. I don't, our, our, we, we do stuff together, okay? We make plans and we, we have activities. But I see a lot of Lodges where they go to Lodge, they hightail it out of there the minute Lodge is over as fast as they can go. Why did you come to Lodge so that you could hear the minutes read? You come to Lodge to be with your brothers and to, and to have fellowship and to, you know, tease one another and play with one another, you know, ha have fun. And uh, when I see them come to Lodge, they hightail it out as fast as they can go. They don't do anything else until maybe they meet once a month and they meet, one, they meet up again a month later. Oh, hey, how are you? And they act like they're old friends. And, hell, they don't know each other's wives' names. They don't know anything about what's actually going on in a brother's life. If you're a brother, you should know what's going on in your brother's life. That's my opinion. That's fair. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's a problem. But, I mean, the, the, the after lodge thing you're describing, Tony, is, is like there's a lot of lodges that don't do that at all. There's a lot of lodges that have always done, you know, they the gavel hits down and everybody's gone. Every time. That's what I'm Every saying. meeting for, for that's 20, what 30 years. And these are guys who have been doing it way longer than you. That's what I'm saying. I think saying Lodge right Brothers, if, um, if somebody, in, if Harlan needs a roof put on, guess what? You know, if Harlan needs to help move or put a floor down, he's going to get help putting the floor down. If somebody needs help putting a roof on, if, if something was to happen, we all are there. So you're talking and, about and somebody think, needing help and other brothers not stepping up. Just no, not just that. In order to get to that point, you have to be friends too. We can all be brothers, but we also need to be friends. Does that make sense? It does. It's Jason, actually, does that make uh, sense? No. Was he? I just froze up. No, you didn't. Uh, I think, you're I still think with us, Jason. Okay. I think Jason, Jason froze up. You still with us? Oh. Yeah. He's frozen. All right. Well, oh, he just typed it, it, he's here. Can you? Well, I guess. But he in can order hear for us. that, well, that's the other Jason because he has two. Well, in order for that to happen, you have to do things together, and number one, you have to come to lodge. And there's been brothers that have been upset because their wife died, and we didn't send them a card. We the guy hasn't been to lodge in ten years. We didn't even know anything was. You, you should come to Lodge enough that your present, your absence is missed. So that we're not wondering if you're going to be there. We're wondering why you're not here. It does. Oh, he's back. Okay. Welcome back. back. We can, yeah, we sorry can about see that. 
don't know what Thanks. happened. You know, I, I like where you're going you with that, though, Tony. I, I like where you're going because there, there's for a long time we would let someone join the lodge because they wanted to be a Knights Templar or Thirty Second or Shriner. Um, they didn't actually want to be a member of the lodge. Mm -hmm. They were joining masonry for their own purposes, um, without ever considering that you know to be a mason means to be a group join. Um, you know that, that's a pretty profound observation, Tony. Yes. <laughs> good, I, I did it. That's good. <laughs> so, uh, the whole reason that we started doing this show. Uh, and why we called it After Lodge, and at the beginning we joked about putting out the After Lodge seminars or the uh, the After Lodge method of lodge success. But that's, I mean, what Tony said is is kind of the whole thing that we're trying to spread here. Is, yeah. This is how you do it. We get on the show and we bust each other's balls and we, well, we just kind of do what we do After Lodge. And we're not the only lodge. There are yeah. there are other lodges out there that are doing that. But, I mean, there's times when you go travel or visit to a lodge and you want to say hi to everybody or whatever, but everybody's gone. You know, their they're football's on or whatever. Yes. Or worse, they just don't show up. Yeah. Well, yeah, that happens too. So in my time as a Grand Lodge Oompa Loompa last year, uh, there were times when Jason and I would travel somewhere and end up sitting in – key officer stations because there were only two guys at that lodge. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of times, in a couple of lodges in particular, we made it a joke about how we would, we would step outside after the meeting and then turn around and the door's locked and the lights are off and the parking lot's empty. And we'd be like, where the hell did everyone go? When you were in Oompa I mean, this has happened here at least once or twice in the last 10 years in Utah, but I'm curious if it's anywhere else. Where had you and Jason not shown up, they wouldn't have actually had enough men to open. So I have an unfounded suspicion that that happens more than, than we would like to believe, and the minutes just don't reflect it. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, it's it's you know it's it's a it's a horrible thing to say, but. Um, you know, if we're going to be honest, or if we're going to change things, we got to be honest. And there are guys that, you know, lodges that they only meet in paper only. You know, the master and the secretary are, you know, will show up. They will claim to have met, even write minutes claiming to have met, and then go home. Or just do it at their house. Yep. I, I don't like, I don't even get the point. Like, why are you even still doing it if, if that's the case? Like I'm, I, I, I guess I can't see it because I haven't been there. But like, if you're there and you've been, you know, going to this lodge for 20 years and the membership's slowly diminishing or dying or whatever, and you get down to only two or three guys showing up, it's of course it's going to be hard to say, okay, guys, we should probably shut this thing down and maybe join with another lodge or something well, like that. Like, what, what is, what other option is there? Well, I think there's a couple reasons. One. It, you know, they may have no interest in their lodge, but being, at least on paper, worshipful master or a warden gets you votes in Grand Lodge. So there's, you know, there's there's that sense of power or even at least that sense of participation um, that occurs. And there are, you know, I'm not going to try to speculate that there's any mercenary criminal motives, 
But, you know, going to that point, there were guys who were mass who became Masons just to join the shrine. And they can't afford their lodge to go under because their love is, you know, and their first Masonic interest is the shrine. They need that lodge to work. Sure. Um, I think in, in our jurisdiction, it's also got to do with uh, that thing we were talking about earlier about guys who, who build their lodges, like literally build their lodges brick by brick. And so you, you have a guy that's old enough and he's one of two or three that are still around and trying to keep the place propped up, but they spent their lives putting that place together and pouring their, their time and sweat into it, uh, to making the history of that lodge. And then if they merge with another lodge or they close their doors, in our jurisdiction, the Grand Lodge just shows up and takes possession of the property and auctions it off. And, and, and the, the bank accounts, like, like everything, just goes to the Grand Lodge. And it also tends to be that lodges that have this issue here are in parts of our state that tend to not be as fond of the Grand Lodge. And so a lot of it is, could be out of just that spite of, you know, I'll die before I'll see them come and, and pack all of this stuff up. Well, you know, there's also the inverse motive too, where, you know, Grand Lodge or a Grand Master, they don't want to feel like a lodge failed under their reign. So they will invest a, dispro a disproportionate amount of time and resources that, during their year or the years that they're going up through the line to keep it, you know, basically to turn it into a zombie, make it a, you know, a zombie lodge. And okay, so it runs for a couple, you know, two or three more years, but then we're right back, you know, to the same situation. But you repeat that over three or four decades, and when you count the amount of money we've spent keeping these lodges open, it's a huge amount of your per capita, and it's a huge amount of your money. Um, and it's even more poignant out here in Utah, where we have lodges and, you know, aligned to the mining and railroad industries that are 100, you know, those industries are 100 years gone. I mean, there's not even sheep or ghost towns left, but the Masons are still there. You know, we should move that charter to, you know, a suburb where there's 100,000, 150,000 people. Yeah, I've... I've actually seen that here. Uh, one of the lodges I was talking about is in an area like that. Um, it wasn't a railroad town. I think it was like a, a highway town before the interstate came through. Yeah. But yeah, it's the same, same story. Big, beautiful lodge hall. Lots of big portraits when you enter of the days when like, it was standing room only and it was the happening place to be. And now when, when you go visit that place, you're the only person in that town besides the other guy that shows up at the lodge. Yeah. You know, it's, um, you know, and yeah, I, I can understand the emotional argument and I can understand the history and the appeal. Um, but at least, you know, from the position of being a, a lodge administrator or something like that, I take, tend to take a pragmatic point of view and it's, you know, um, nope, sorry. I'm, you know, Grandmaster comes in, I'm going to take your charter and I'm going to move it somewhere else. And, um, and yeah. go ahead. Well, I mean, it's just, I mean, as I travel, you know, I was a grand, I was a grand York officer for a number of years. So I'm traveling around the, the, the West and the, and the, you know, the Rocky mountains. And it just boggled my mind how many suburbs of a hundred, you know, a thousand people, 50,000 people, 200,000 people, not a single Masonic lodge within oh, 20, 30 miles. Oh, Tony's on here twice now. Tony, you're echoing, dude. 
Yeah, we got to mute one of his uh, devices. Uh, why is he on here twice? Wait, not that one. This one. Got it. Great. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I got to say, at, at least from my point of view, <clears throat> I think you touched on a big part of the problem, Jason, is the only people who, like, I feel should have the power to put the bullet in the zombie's head are those last few remaining members, the ones who care about it more than anybody else. I don't think at any point we should say that, the, damn it, Tony, that, that Grand Lodge can come in and shut it down because you know, there's only three people who show up here every week. Or yeah, like I, mean, I mean, yeah, that's a tough call. I mean, I, I've seen lodges that, that have no more than 15 people on the roll. Um, and they are the most successful happening Masonic lodges, you know, in their area, in their district. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's not like there's a magic number. You know, oh, this, you know, it, it means the lodges. And we, I think we can all pull lodges at 300 people on the books. And, you know, they couldn't properly. Did we lose Tony again? No, I'm trying to figure out which one of the Tony devices I need to mute. I keep switching them. Oh. Well, I think he, he's got his earbuds back in. He had external speakers on, and I think that was bouncing into the, to the microphone. It was. If you can hear me, Tony, that's what was happening. He's cutting his throat. What's going? You can't. No, you can't do that here, Tony. Okay, so he's miming, but I'm looking at the volume switches, and he is definitely on this time. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, so it's along the line of, of, of pet peeves. I suppose the biggest one I have going right now, because we have a legislation session coming up, is is this nonsense about entered apprentices being something less than masons and not being able to take part in the meetings of their lodge? Oh yeah. And if your lodge wants to run that way, fine. But like stonewalling the ability of other lodges to to do things differently. And, and most importantly, the pet peeve is is are the fellows who call that an innovation in the craft. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. And when you call their attention to the presence of the secretary and treasurer in a lodge of entered apprentices where they don't exist in the other two lodges, it just falls on deaf ears. You can show them minute books from lodges in our jurisdiction prior to the Morgan affair. And it was the entered apprentice degree for everything. Or my personal favorite is the idea that floats around our part that we all know that ancient operative masons would never allow entered apprentices to take part in their meetings or let alone vote. That was for master masons only. Oh, I always wow. get a special cackle out of that one. Yeah. That, um, so that's my big peeve uh, this week yeah, in masonry. You know, and the I'm getting irony, ready to go deal with that. You know, the irony is, and at least the individuals who I've seen who still try to, to put forth that argument, are also out of the, you know, the other side of their mouth, absolutely um, convinced, or at least they think they're convinced, on the inherent rights of everyone to stand upon an exact equality, um, 
yada 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 and it's you know they they don't see the the irony or the hypocrisy of what they're saying um i mean that's what made masonry so radical is that as you know an an apprentice you could be equal to in at least within the domain of this organization your lodge to a king right in in the case of our lodge we have a special interest because that whole process, the leftover Morgan era rules about you have to be a master mason to, to really do anything around here, it encourages guys to rush through the degrees, and and we're kind of forced to, to help them rush through the degrees so that they don't just lose interest and run off instead of being able to take the time and allow every man to develop through this process and learn at his own pace and make sure that it's done well – Whereas in a, in a jurisdiction where a lodge could be free to allow its entered apprentices to be part of the craft, then there, there's no rush to, to finish the degrees. If a man takes a year or two years to absorb what the lodge thinks he needs to and, and to do good work and for us to, to really give him the experience he deserves, mm-hmm. well, that's no big deal because you know, he's been here the whole time doing all the same stuff we're doing. I'm guessing that's Tony. Yeah, it's so, Tony. The whole time. Somebody close, that, there's somebody close to a boat. <laughs> I heard the horn from the boat. Is that a foghorn? Is that? Yeah. This is where he starts jamming out to the I'm on a boat song. <laughs> you know, I paid money to see Tony do the I'm on oh, a boat man. song. How much money? <laughs> I don't know. I'll have my... I'll have my Turns, people call your people, and we'll, we'll come to an agreement. Turns well, out actually, he has a boat. If you're giving us money uh, contractually, we can't talk to you about that. You have to uh, speak with Jack. Um, That's fine. I understand. You know, I'll, have my, I'll have my people talk to your people. Yeah, yeah. Although the way he, he fudged that last Canada Dry deal, um, that may change in the, in the near future. But for right now, you have to talk to Jack. But we lost so, tens of cents on that deal. So it's, you know, I, and I have a picture of this. I actually meant to post it to the sub. So when that first, maybe the uh, two weeks after that first went down, and yet it's still kind of a new joke, I show up to uh, the RS or ICF meeting here, and there are, and it's by pure coincidence, there must have been at least half a dozen or two-liter bottles of Canada Dry. <laughs> Fantastic. So I'm just one other person in the college that's a redditor that would even know the show exists. Yeah, I'm just so, letting you know that stalking's a two-way street. That's all. Oh, 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 I, oh well played, <laughs> sir. Well played. Well, I'm just glad somebody's drinking that delicious, delicious beverage. Uh, just in case y'all forgot, Canada Dry 10, all of the taste, only 10 calories. I had to remember. <laughs> Thank you for that public service announcement. Yes, that sir. No, that was in no way monetarily motivated. Oh, no. What's, no. no. We, we don't do that here. We just drink delicious Canada Dry 10. <laughs> <laughs> I did drink one one time. We That's all I get- say about that. I don't even know where he got that Canada Dry because I haven't seen it in stores or gas stations or anything, at least out here in Utah, for better part of you know, 12 years. 
You're in Utah? I am. Tony, come on. Uh, are you a Mormon? Just curious. Are you are you a Mormon? Uh, I don't know. It depends on how much money you're paying me. Hmm. What 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 book do you all put on the altar out there? Do y'all have like the El seriously? Do y'all have more than one BSL? Do y'all have the Holy Bible and the uh, like Book of Mormon out there on your altar? Seriously. So the Book of Mormon is officially not considered um, a volume of sacred law by the Grand Lodge of Utah. Really? Um, the the volume of sacred law of the LDS oh, Church the, the is the the Bible. Um, we are required to have, at the very least, the Bible. Candidates are allowed to have and take their obligation upon the, the, uh, the texts of their faith, less the, the Book of Mormon and less the Book of the Law for the OTO. Hmm. What's the OTO? Wait, they let, they let you use that there? Because, like, here, no, that's... They don't. Uh... They don't. Oh, okay. Sorry, I misheard that because I was going to say that's one of the few that are actually not allowed here, as far as I know. No, that that uh, the list is, to my knowledge, list consists of two books: the Book of the Law and the the Scriptures of the LDS Church. Hmm. Because those two compare well; they're kind of the same, really. Hmm. You know, if this were a different podcast. We could go with that. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I do that podcast on Fridays. Um, oh, that we'll that that actually reminds me of a story, though. Um, many many moons ago, uh, all that area was ran by a great Indian Tony, tribe. Oh, don't you, <laughs> Tony? I got away with that one time. Yeah, you did it oh. at our at our widow's dinner. And uh, basically, this is our uh, widows and past masters meeting. This is uh, last meeting, and I, I guess Tony just felt he needed to find a way to kill twenty minutes, so he tells this ridiculously, absurdly long joke. And uh, I, I mean, for as bad as the joke was, Tony, it went over really well. Although, to be fair, I there were a lot of older ladies there, and I think you were, you know, winking at him as you were telling it. I got a standing ovation. At, at, at that speech, were they just happy that you were done? No, most of them were. <laughs> most of them were standing up and leaving. I just seen the back of oh. them. They were walking out the door. No, I oh. thought it went over really well. Count it. And we didn't have that much to talk about that night. We had three widows. So that's yeah. a good position to be in. Oh, we've lost him entirely now. Yeah. Um, that was only a matter of time. <laughs> so, uh, Bruce. Yes, sir. You know what the hardest part of being an Apple user is? Don't do it. <laughs> Acting like Tony. Uh, yeah, yeah let's what's, what's sad is he's got <clears throat> what's supposed to be the uh, user-friendly software and hardware, and he is having just a, an absurdly difficult time even doing this, which should take like two button presses, I would think. I don't... But but he's not. He did the show last week from another state. <laughs> right! Well, he spent the first 20 minutes on the Google chat call trying to understand how he downloaded the Google app so he could get on the Google chat call. It, it, it was an accident. He, he did not do it on purpose. He didn't know how he did it. 
He's clearly looking he, at he us doesn't remember how he did it. Call, asking how does he get this Google Hangouts thing set up? Right. On the Hangout. I was I was I was dying. I'm surprised I I didn't <laughs> knock over my desk. I shouldn't yeah. laugh. Um, you know. If so, he came to me, if he came to me and asked me how to work on a car, I'd be just as clueless as he is when it came to the technology. Huh. So, is there anything uh, else specific to Utah and maybe or maybe not uh, Mormonism that um, uh, would be different from Freemasonry around the rest of the states that that you would know of? Um, you know, this for the question makes such sense. A <laughs> no, it does. For being such a conservative state, masonry is incredibly progressive. Huh. Um, it, it, it seems weird, and I chalk it up to the fact that, you know, we are so small. I mean, there's 1,700 Master Masons in the state. Um, you know, when, when other people are asking, you know, well, how do you introduce your Grand Master? We'll just, Bob's right there. Right. Um, you know, it's, um, I mean, th there's just, n you don't even have the opportunity to put on airs, even if there was a need to. Um, it, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, but that breeds, a, that breeds a closeness and that, that breeds a community that I think is probably what makes Utah different than everywhere else and makes us probably stronger and more adaptive than anywhere else. Um, you know, you look at a Grand Lodge, you know, we'll, pick on pennsylvania again please you know, do this is a beast you know this is a beast hundred thousand masons i mean their their budget is beyond what my entire jurisdiction would do in 10 years and trying to get that ship to turn in any direction or even put on the brakes it is you know it's a logistical nightmare let alone you know a political nightmare just trying to get communications out whereas you know here in utah you won't know in the state to know something, well, you only got to make one or two phone calls and tell, tell them it's on the square. And by tomorrow morning, everyone knows it. So you think the, the issue in that specific regard is more of like a, uh, like a pomp and circumstance thing? Well, I mean, there's a time and place for pomp and circumstance. At least I think so. You know, I'm, I, I, I like pomp and circumstance when there's, you know, when it's appropriate, but... Uh, it, it, at least in the jurisdiction as small as Utah, it, it's almost impossible to have pomp and circumstance when the Grand Master, after you go through doing, you know, bringing them in and processing, is just going to take off the purple apron because he's going to be third ruffian in the Master Mason degree. Hmm. So what I just heard, to clarify to everybody, I like that, is that more than one half of the of-age men in Utah our master mason <laughs> and yeah. also still fewer in number than the grand lodge of arkansas while they're hemorrhaging masons did i hear all of that yeah, correctly it's okay yeah you heard it correctly you know um i think i think there are more masons in in our district bruce than he just described for the grand lodge so in our district's a pretty tight community so i think I can see where he's coming from. If our district ran the state, we'd have good masonry out here too. <laughs> Why do I get the feeling every district says that? <clears throat> well, I mean, they can say what they want. It doesn't make it true. Our district, though. 
Yeah, I, I, put the, I put the I put the proof in the pudding. Um, you know, I'll put the the level of Masonic education that occurs in an average Masonic lodge up against any academic lodge in the continental U.S. Hmm. Huh. Because think even it's... if they can't quote chapter and verse, they, they will have been exposed to concepts, and they will have been exposed to ideas that. Masons can go 20 or 30 years and never hear just because you have the opportunity to sit down with Masons at the national level here in Utah um, that you don't get anywhere else because we're just so small. When, you know, the Grand High Poobah of the Royal Order of whatever shows up in town, um, you know, there's just no escaping him. And he's, you know, you're going to get 20 brand new Masons out there talking to him. And after everyone's had two or three rounds of whiskey, you know, brotherhood happens. The, the, the aprons come off, the titles come off, and people are, sharing war, you know, people are sharing war stories, they're asking questions, they're growing. Wait a minute. You're not going to get that. After two or three shots of whiskey. Yeah. After I mean, Lodge? Utah. Or, or before. At Lodge? <laughs> no, I oh, oh, I wish. I was going to say. We, we might. We, I, I'm hoping. I mean, so wine is allowed in Utah for ritualistic purposes. Um, and the, the state's liquor laws present an interesting organizational challenge for serving alcohol in the building. Beer is allowed, provided it isn't um, during Lodge. Um, but we're hoping that the state sessions next year will adjust things just enough where for our dinners, our formal dinners and things like that, we could have, we could be serving wine or we could be serving liquor. Fingers crossed. We'll see what wow. the state does. So hmm. we can't even, when we rent out our building for people that have like birthday parties and stuff, we have to have a master Mason present to make sure there's no alcohol brought onto yeah. the premises. Yeah. yeah, we went through that battle a couple of years ago. Well, it's more than that. It was like 2005. I forget who the Grand Master was, but the, the Historical Society for the state of Utah wanted to rent our building for their big annual banquet. And they were going to cut us a very generous check. Um, and the MTA said, well, there's no alcohol allowed. And the Grand Master looked at it and said, sure, there's alcohol. Um, I'll go ahead and say, yeah, serve the wine. We, you know, you know they're going to cut us you know, a six-figure check. We're going to let them have wine. And at Grand Lodge, you know, there were some people who were trying to do the, the token, we have to scold you, um, you made the wrong legal decision, but it was the right ethical decision. And then there were a couple of people who really thought they were going to tear him apart, and it was just funny. He's just like, I'm the Grand Master. What are you going to do, elect me again? <laughs> Love it. So um, it was, yeah. So our Grand Lodge campus, which is tied in with kind of another organization that the Grand Lodge runs, it's, it's, it's a very big, weird mixture we have here. But they have a, a huge, like, ballroom-type building over on the campus that they rent out all the time for weddings, etc. And alcohol doesn't seem to be an issue there. Oh, yeah, of course. So Yeah, we, can, yeah, we keep our Grand Lodge in a very short leash. Um, so the big, the big temple in Utah, the Salt Lake Masonic Temple, um, that is owned by six lodges, three York Rite bodies, the Scottish Rite, and the Shrine. And we allow the Grand Lodge to rent an office. Actually, they sub, 
rent an office. The Grand Lodge actually doesn't have a mailing address. Oh. So we, we could take some inspiration from this, Bruce. When you're, uh, when you're master and you take on the Grand Lodge with both gloves on. Mm-hmm. You and the sword. Close. Yeah. Keep yeah. close touch. Yeah, it's hard to hold gloves in case y'all didn't know. Go ahead. <clears throat> so, I mean, yeah, it, it's, the, uh, you know, it's, you know, the Grand Lodge, we, I think we give them about 60 yeah. grand a year. Um, my lodge's budget is usually more than that. Um, and, you know, <clears throat> we, we, hold, we hold them to the fire. But at the same time, there, you know, there's enough camaraderie that it's not an antagonistic thing. It's not a fight. It's, you know, if the Grandmaster wants to do a program, then he has to present it. He actually has to get out, meet with his brothers, and sell them on the idea and make them believers. Um, or, you know, the master masons of the state or the, you know, that vote are just going to say, nah, we don't want to do that. Can I ask you a Let me ask you a question. Turn me on. Yeah. You're, on You're on, Tony. You're on. Okay. Uh, with that smaller budget for the Grand Lodge, what is the budget like out there? That was going to be you, 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 you cut me off Tony. That was that was my question. In this oh, okay. I didn't, in this, I didn't in this genital it. measuring contest of grand lodges that we have going here, uh, Tony and I would like to end it with how many bicycles have you guys given away? <laughs> Flex your muscle. Uh, yeah. Uh, you want to talk about masonry? You ain't a mason till you gave away a bicycle. A yeah, bicycle? I, you know, I don't know that bicycles have made it past the Mississippi yet. <laughs> Savage. I, I know. I, I, you know, and I'm not convinced. Are y'all still riding on. unicycles? I mean, we. Got, what's wrong with a horse? A horse is just fine. Man, you know, horses you give it away. Mm. Yeah, they but do, they do have the land for that out there. You can't give away horses. That's like giving away a burden to some poor kid. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> you know how much a horse costs to yeah. like maintain? Congratulations! You owe me ten grand a year. <sighs> after the right, Grand so, Lodge, uh, after the Grand Lodge meets, there's always a rush on horses at the local pound. <laughs> the kids taking them in. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome if there was actually a pound for horses. That said, I'm going to go to Google tonight. No doubt there is. Just stray horses out there in the uh, yeah. salt desert? Is that... Uh, yeah, just, you know... All those, all those stray horses have little Masonic compass uh, uh, tattooed onto their rear ends. Yeah. The kids let them go. <laughs> uh, all right. So, uh, Jason, do you have, you have... Or Tony, Jason, anybody have anything else? I was just going to say, that does seem like an awful low budget for... A grand lodge. So, I don't think so. It's incredible. It's incredibly low, but at the same time, I I kind of like keeping them on the short leash. It's not a matter of power or a matter of control. It's just a matter of you know you. Have, in part, it keeps grand lodge in the short leash, and at the same time, it also makes the lodges realize the grand lodge can't come save me. Yeah. Um, you know, the, if a lodge wants to do something, well, do it, you know, um, right. Grand Lodge 
doesn't have the money to come in and do this program for you, so you figure it out. Now, if you're successful at it, Grand Lodge will happily steal it, um, and thank you for, you know, all your trial and beta testing and research and development, but at the same time, you know, it, it, yeah. I like the theory all that way. I mean, I, I can't imagine, like, how, how, how it would be in a world like that where, where the Grand Lodge is so dependent upon the constituent lodges for its existence instead of the other way around like that just feels like bizarre world i'm gonna have yeah. to come visit it would it would be nice to see a grand lodge that is there for its lodges and not the other way around not yeah, saying that ours isn't like they they absolutely are um Bruce. right right i think a lot of no, 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 i didn't mean us of course not i mean it comes with i think it, it has a lot to do with theirs. I'm sorry, we lost you, Tony. Tony? I'm here. Go ahead. I thought I, it sounded like I just heard somebody run off. <laughs> what was that sound? Anyway, somebody that just was, ran off. Uh, that was not me. Oh, maybe I'm was, using uh, the. That was I our will to continue the, the show, Tony. I am using state of the art iPhone ear pod things. So. Um, <laughs> Anyway, uh, to do with the size of the lodge, though, I mean, the size of, I mean, Utah's is, I don't mean this is an offensive compared to the number of lodges and the number of people. And as your lodge gets bigger and bigger, you can't have that same relationship that you have in a, like a larger state or a state with a lot more lodges. Uh, did anyone catch that? I'm sorry, Tony, you were breaking up. Yeah, Tony, just say that again. I think it has a lot to do with the size of the of the state, the lodges, the number of lodges. You said that, that with the number of people, you know, it's a lot more camaraderie. When you get to have a lot more lodges, I think you have to, by necessity, lose a lot of that camaraderie. I mean, you have the facade, hey, how you doing and everything, but you don't have that same camaraderie once you have you know, hundreds and hundreds of lodges in a state. So. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I absolutely agree. There's a balance there. I mean, and you, you hit a point of diminishing returns where you get so big that, you know, it, it changes. I, honestly, I don't know how Texas does it. You know, it, it's right. they don't have the most members, but I think they, you know, they got more, more than a third than the next closest jurisdiction in terms of total lodges. Just the delegate account count at Grand Lodges, you know, from where I sit, it's just absurdly huge. I mean, it's it would be a logistical nightmare. Would it make sense for a large state like that, say Texas, to divide and to have two or three Grand Lodges in that state? See, I, I am actually totally in favor of that. I mean, here even in Utah, while we have a small number of people, um, the state's huge, you know? Um, mm -hmm. It, it always kind of kills me when, you know, I'll hear someone from, you know, that, you know, and the Eastern States. And I say this coming from New York where it's like, Oh yeah. And I, you know, I, you know, I drove for three hours. I went through, you know, two jurisdictions. It's like, I, I can drive for four hours and not make it two thirds through my state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, when you factor in that only 28% of the state is privately owned, the rest of it's just government land. It's not habitable. Um, you know, there's a lot of windshield time out there. And I would actually argue that 
in the western U.S., like Evanston is in Wyoming, should be part of Utah. And the lodges in Moab, Utah, should be part of uh, Colorado. I'm getting a geography lesson. I didn't know Colorado touched Utah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just, you know, there are, it's, there, there's so much, you know, for lack of a better term, empty space out here that, um, you know, in some ways it's better, you know, it's easier for people to, you know, belong to quote unquote the wrong jurisdiction. So either you break lodges up or you cross state lines. Um, mm -hmm. You know, that, I think that gets people that that will help increase things like camaraderie and help overcome, you know, these, you know, these differences. But, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's just me. Very interesting point. I had never thought about. Yeah. I mean, we we don't really have. So we have that issue to a limited extent around some state borders. But I mean, uh, yeah, not not near thinking, as bad as he's describing now. Yeah. Thinking of a map of, of that area like that <laughs> makes perfect sense. I wonder why Grand Lodges have insisted over the centuries to abide, or I guess century in the singular, to abide so strictly by by national boundaries for our states. You know, I, they I don't really know have because yeah, they didn't have to. And the weird part is, like for for us in our Scottish right, um, we get guys and we have members from Elko and Evanston, so Elko, Nevada, Evanston, Wyoming. Um, and you know, it's it's almost a form letter now. They petition us. We go ahead and send a letter up to their you know their respective valleys and orients. And they get waived and they're allowed to join because um, it's a four hour drive for them to join in their respective states. But it's only maybe two hours uh, here for you know if they come to Utah. Um, so we have that you know oh you know this belief that we're strictly adhering to these boundaries. And yet we have other Masonic bodies and even the Grand Lodges that have a, you know, gentleman's agreement that will get out of each other's way, you know, so long as someone gets, you know, John Doe to become a Mason. Yeah. Right. Because as I understand, I think it's somewhat commonplace for a lot of European Grand Lodges, uh, regular or clandestine, to overlap with each other. Like they have different lodges in different countries under their obedience and they just kind of just mesh together it doing what's geographically convenient for the craft instead of obeying some political boundary. Well, do you think that came from the original 13 colonies, which were a lot tighter together? And so they, they were able to go by States. And then as they manifest destiny and all, and you went out West, then it didn't quite make sense. Maybe. I don't know that it was original 13 colonies. I mean, to, to, to get into the political side of things, I mean, up until, you know, post-Civil War, your loyalty was less to the U.S. and more to your state. Um, it wasn't until after, you know, we started rebuilding after the Civil War that, you know, national pride really took the precedence. But at that point, I think culturally, at least in masonry, we had already agreed that it's going to be states and it's, that's all it's going to be. Yeah, and then the the rest of the union just kind of followed suit as they joined. So yeah, um, I guess I could see that. You know, to wrap, you know, it's all part of that going from layer cake to marble cake federalism argument. Yeah. 
So uh, that was a little too informative for our tastes. So somebody make a fart joke. <laughs> I learned something. Damn it! Take it back. <laughs> My head hurts. Okay. Thank uh, you, can, Tony. Can go back. Thank you. Oh, sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, um, Grand Lodge of Arkansas sucks, right? All right, is that better? Oh, yeah, yeah. Somebody's doing uh, it wrong. Okay. Yeah, you're different than us. My, my biases are better than your biases. I like you. Yeah. Now you're, now you're just sounding like a past master. So since we've just completely gone TMR on all of this, I guess we will publish the video. Um, oh, all right. Table. And. Ooh, yeah, right. because we're proper. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'm setting up all of these, uh, all these roundtable jokes, by the way, because uh, we are expecting Brother Johnson to join us uh, next week. So I'm trying to ruffle his feathers a little bit. We got to get him good and angry. Oh, yeah. So, does he have any buttons we can push? Do you know? I don't know how well you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll send you some background stuff. <laughs> Just send us a list. We'll go down it. Yes. That's oh, what I'll, I'll send. I'll, I'll send you all, all fixed triggers. And you'll make them have to go find a safe space. Yes. I love it. All right, yeah. I'm going to hold you to that. So, uh, if there's nothing else, I think we've gone little over the time budget i know that uh we only paid i mean uh agreed with jason to be here for so long so we're gonna have to give him another horse damn it <laughs> <laughs> we, we have a bicycle awesome. with horses on it that was gonna go to an orphan jason i hope you're happy uh, well you know his tears of sadness will be great when it comes to polishing the hooves of my horse it's business Fantastic. business all right, go ahead, Harlan. Nothing else. Somebody wanna? No, no fart joke. I, I wasn't really joking. We need a light note. Whatever. All right, so uh, I guess well, that's it for episode 141 of the After Lodge podcast. Brought to you from across the North American continent. Uh, eventually, we're going to get across one of the oceans, or even worse, the Canada. I think Do we have plans for that, Bruce. Yes. Oh, we have okay. plans. Yeah, if there were any masons in Canada, uh, we, with internet access, uh, we'll, we'll try to do that. So until then, you can find the show notes for this or any previously published episode at www.afterlodge.com. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at After Lodge. Shoot us an email at afterlodge at gmail.com. Find us on IRC at irc.snunet.org. Pound sign, Freemasonry. If you want to talk to me, since I'm like the only one of this crew that hangs out there, uh, if you put A.L. Harlan like before your message, if I'm just idling in there, sometimes I don't always see the window. Stop accusing me of not hanging out. All right, I just I always miss all the fun. Uh, and other than that, the best place to find us is on the Freemasonry and After Lodge subreddits. So be sure to drop in there and uh, thank Jason for joining us this week. Until next time, brothers. Quit leaving lodge so soon. <laughs> oh, this night's deceiving 
Cracks in the snow Leading